Have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? This book is for the wife whose spouse has survived trauma and is now navigating through mood swings, flashbacks, and mishandled emotions. PTSD can create a toxic home environment and cause a divide in the closest and most meaningful relationships. As a caretaker, the PTSD wife is finding herself at the receiving end of anger, aggression, and constant negativity. This can create a personal, mental, and spiritual health crisis for her. In this book, Coach Leah uncovers the hidden wounds of trauma and the effects that it can have on your relationship. Based on biblical principles, she teaches you the tools and resources that are needed to handle stressful situations and to seek help from the Lord and foster a deeper relationship with Him. By reading this book and putting the principles into action, you're going to learn how to take control of your life and grab hold of the power that lies within. Grab your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. It's the season finale, guys. We're talking about parenting children with special needs. So grab a friend, come on in, and let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is a place where we empower women to support their spouse and each other through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. Well, you guys, can you believe we have made it to the season finale? We have come a long way, and I want to thank you guys for coming with me on this journey. All right, but more about that later. I am so excited about the show today. We're going to be talking about parenting a child with special needs, and even more so, we'll be focusing on self-care and soul care for those parents, okay? So we got a special guest in the building today, y'all. She's a military wife of going on 10 years. She's a parent to two boys, age 18 and 11. And she's a behavioral clinician. She's been working in the field of psychology since 2018. Please help me welcome to the show, Miss Tessa Taylor. Yay! <laughs> Tessa, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. We are so happy to have you. Um, let me tell you guys. I met this lady at a military retirement a few weeks ago and our husbands knew each other, but we had never met and we actually got to spend some time together. And when I tell you it's, it was an instant connection. All right. I knew right away that she was cool people. And after she told me what she did for a living, I knew that I had to have her on the show. So, and also let me tell you something else. This lady is a party of one. Okay. <laughs> she is so much fun and full of energy and just a light. All right. The party is wherever she is. <laughs> so Tessa, I just want to thank you again. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Okay. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. Lee. I love it. Love this platform. <laughs> so my name is um, 
Latessa Taylor. I go by Tessa. It's easy for everyone to pronounce. So we'll go with Tessa. Yeah. Um, I'm 38 years old. I'm currently in Atlanta, Georgia, but it's by way of um, the Mississippi Gulf Coast and New Orleans, Louisiana. That's my upbringing. Yeah. Um, I lived in Atlanta starting in right after Hurricane Katrina 2005. Lived here about 10 years and then the military just put us on the globe and spent it. So <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> I've been on that ride. Um, I'm a mother of two. Like she said, I have a college freshman, Cameron. He's majoring in um, information technology. I have a 11-year-old, Caleb, sixth grade, gifted by the grace of God. No more time to the shoot. The (laughs) shop closed down. Um, I've been married to my husband going on 10 years. We've been doing this military life for 13 years. Thank God my husband retired in 2017. So we put some roots down in um, North Georgia, North of Atlanta. Um, I have an undergrad in science of psychology. I got my master's in science of psychology and I have a specialization in applied behavior analysis. And what is that? ABA is probably more the common term. Um, so my uh, focus, center focus now is specializing with kids with on a autism spectrum. So that's what I'm doing now. Um, just open up a clinic. Uh, August actually will my own clinic of August of 18 this year. Um, and I'm also co-owner of my husband's business, which is Hero Hands, which started digital, but we merged um, that into also offering like uh, community services as far as um, doing reach outs and things of that nature. Just staying busy in our community, offering those services. So that's where my focus at. Today, tomorrow might be different, but today I screw up. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that goes. I know how that goes. That is amazing. Tell me a little bit about your husband's business, Hero Hands. I just like the title of it. I know, right? I about how, how that name came about. That's all I said. God, give it to you and go with it. That's right. That's right. So we started that one like right before the pandemic, and it was just Hero Hands because we specialize in well in the military. Um, he was a CS, and then he transferred over to a CB. Uh-huh. Now tell tell the people what they don't, because they may not understand that. <laughs> basically, my husband always says uh, they come to the dirt sellers. They okay. basically you know, they build up and they tear everything down electrical wise, engineering wise. That's what yeah. you CBs. Gotcha. So his trade naturally is just engineering. Um, he actually is employed now. Um, he's retired one hundred percent, but he's also working full time with the federal government. Um, but our business ventured into basically going in and doing commercial and resident, residential um, um, improvements. Okay. So a little That's bit beautiful. of whatever you needed a hero to put his hands on, we got you. Gotcha. <laughs> hero hands. I love it. I love it. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your business. So <laughs> you started a business and it's called Social Circle 360. Tell me all about that. What do you guys do? Okay. So starting off in autism. You know, you're going to get two factors going to be either clinical services that's going to be provided or in-home. And I've done a plethora of both since 2018. So what I've noticed just going into um, like my client's home and in the clinic is structure, structure, structure. And this focus is as it should be on the client. But there's a part that was getting left out into that treatment. And it was the 360 part about it, like taking your client and putting them in their natural environment, incorporating them into the areas outside of their home, inside the community, where that therapy needs to expand beyond. It needs to generalize into their communities. So taking a child, what you're teaching them in in their comfort of their homes, teach them how to be, 
talk to people outside of that home, how mm-hmm. to interact outside of that home, life skills beyond that. Then there's a family sector. Yeah. I always say when I'm going into a home, it's just not a one-on-one therapy. You have to incorporate the family, the friends, the community into that. Absolutely. So now with Social Circle 360, it's open up to doors to offer the parent training, one-on-one for the parents, not even just for the parents. Sometimes you have friends that help. You have to pull your resources where you can. So the doors are open to anybody who's actually um, interested in seeing what it feels like to incorporate themselves. So what what do I need to do? We'll focus that care on just putting all that um, training into the child or to the client. But we need to teach ourselves how to incorporate ourselves into their world as well, right? Yes, yes. So Social Circle 360 is going to be a fun house. Yeah. I always say, um, and it's not just for kids with autism. After the pandemic, a lot of people have introverted themselves and excluded themselves from the world. So wow. now we're opening those doors to not just people who have an autism diagnosis. It's a lot of people who are inverted. Want to meet friends, kids moving to new areas. So basically, we're going to host those parties. The kids who might feel a little insecurity about going to the homecoming. Guess what? We're going to have one at Social Circle 360. I love it. I'm on gamers. Just looking for your tribe. We're going to create those tribes and open up the doors to everybody and bring them in. So it's different dimensions, different levels of what we'll be offering. So field trips, girls day, parents night out. Game days for our kids, planning. I mean, we're just going to pull our community in. I love that. I love it. And community is so important. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But um, I love that, that you're bringing every, everybody in. And, and I love that statement that you made that it's about the family and being able to come into their world. We're going to talk about all that later. <laughs> this is so good. You already getting into the topic already. <laughs> Um, I do want to know, though, how did you get into the field of of the therapy and, and what you're doing and working with uh, kids with autism? Um, not on purpose. Accidentally on purpose. Accidentally, <laughs> uh, hey, on purpose. <laughs> um, so prior to this, I worked in ophthalmology for 11 years. So uh-huh. working different facets of ophthalmology, like all of the specialties and just come into contact before you get to. Well, what's wrong? You know, you have to build rapport with your your patient, you know. So in building a rapport, I find myself just sit back in my chair. It's like this is therapeutic for me. Like it's just a psychology of like people. I always loved that naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it was in my undergrad. I met um, one of my professors. She's one of my mentors, Dr. Friday. She worked for the CDC for 36 years. Wow. Powerful black woman. Like she set the groundwork overseas for just bringing in and a lot of things that she did overseas, one woman. Mm. So she just put it out there. She was like, um, I think one day in class, she was just bringing in different people from different fields. And then she pulled me to the side and she was like, um, Tessa, you need to look into um, just this field of psychology alone. She was like, it's so broad. She was like, find your lane. So just start to take her, you know, her uh, recommendation. Yeah. Um, she said like job listings and we had to apply to these job listings, fake job listings. But one job listing I actually seen, I did it in real life. So okay. that's for ABA therapist, which is um you work with kids with that's diagnosed with autism and actually have mm-hmm. a diagnosis. So that was the the groundbreaking thing for me. I went into it and it is challenging, but I fell in love. Wow. I fell in love. I don't see the same thing every day. And then the, the light came on like uh it tugged at my heart. You know, yeah. when God sees something for you, where you belong, when it's like, 
honey, I'm home. This is it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That is beautiful. So um, what do you find are some of the things that parents are dealing with when it comes to caring for their child with special needs? Like what are the challenges that they're facing? Oh, goodness. I, every parent, I start my session with a hug. Wow. Because you can't put in words what they're, they can't even really put in words. It's just what I'm dealing with today. Yeah. And they always tomorrow, like we don't know. It's a lot. It's just that mental battle of trying to understand the many roles that you're already, the shoes that you're filling. If you're a mother, if you're trying to hold down a job, being outside of your household, an aunt, a grandma, just trying to keep yourself identity and then parent, parent a child with that has doctor's appointments. Maybe not a good day today. You know, yeah. it's like you have to put yourself on the back burner. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I come in and I, I, I sit my parents down first before I even start anything with the client. We actually start with our parent training first. And the first thing that I'll ask the parent is, who are you? Mm-hmm. The shoulders are just dropped. Yeah, they've invested so much of what my child needs. They've actually forgot yes. that you have to exist fully Absolutely. for your child because this child is gonna. We mimic the environments that we're in. Yeah. So just asking someone, what do you like to do? You can tell me everything about your child that you know of ought to yeah. be true, but you can't tell me the last time you've ever just pat yourself on the back, took yourself for a walk, mm-hmm. for yourself. Invested in yourself. Your child is watching this, no matter what that disability or inability is. Mm-hmm. You know, because every shortcoming is not a disability; it's just an inability right now, today. Wow. We're going to work on that. We're going to work together. You yeah. know, yeah. that's usually why I start that journey. Is we're going to build together. So yeah. not just going to come in your home, be secluded. So my child is doing this. My okay. So what are we going to do together? Because we have to fix ourselves up in one unit. You know, mm-hmm. so. That's exactly right. Yes, I I love that because again, it goes into the fact that it's a, the family is a unit, mm-hmm. and it's it's really about figuring out what's going on with the family as a whole. I love that. Um, now, I dare not go by and let this episode, <laughs> you know, go by without talking about the importance of having a strong foundation of marriage. Um, because the tests and the trials, they will challenge your marriage, definitely. <laughs> when you're talking about something as sensitive as, you know, your children going through something, you know, that's something that can easily tear apart your marriage. It can tear your family apart. And, you know, that's one suggestion definitely that I would have is to make sure that you're continually working on your family and working on your marriage and and being there and making time for each other, you know, communicating your needs and and being able to hold each other up during those challenging times. Um, Can you talk about the importance of the relationship of the parents um, and how that can affect when you're parenting, not just a child with special needs, but just parenting, period? general and that's like very important because that that marriage is the head of that household that marriage not that one but that marriage is the head of that household because our kids are watching that's right our kids are watching manifest those relationships Mm -hmm. so special needs always especially if you have not even just a child with special needs special needs go beyond that because your husband has special needs that he needs catered to you have special needs that you need catered to (laughs) <laughs> if the sibling that has a diagnosis needs a special 
Yeah, the special needs for that one and the, the child in that home or sibling that may be neurotypical. We have to actually, I always say, we have a girl's night so often that's talking about a boy's trip, but it's like our kids, each child deserves a different version of parenting. Yes. Our husbands, just different versions that we give ourselves at different st- parts of our life is requirement. Mm-hmm. So as far as a family unit, go back to going into a household. Date night, my parent training night out is, guess what? Drop and go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, cater to your marriage. Yes, you know, you're doing that because it can be that the, to have a support to be a parent of a child with special needs requires too strong. Yeah. Strong leaders in their household because you're not going to, one day I might be 80%. I'm going to need that other 100% from you. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. give me, I need that 100 I need you to be 100 today. Yeah. You know? So exactly. those days, you just have to have that strong support. Yeah. Even for that's coming into the household, the family and the friends. And don't be afraid. I always say this it's a lot of people, there's nothing to be, uh, that was apologizing for their child's diagnosis. Don't apologize for who God made. Your child. Yes. No, don't apologize for that. It's what we're focusing on. Take that focus off of what's lacking. I don't care what the special needs is for that child. There's a gift in that child. Shine that light on that gift. Yeah. You know, same thing within our marriage. We focus on what we're looking for to increase or the behavior we're looking to decrease. Look at Mm -hmm. that support or that behavior that you want to actually increase in that child. And we'll see not even just for kids. Yeah. Our relationships are manifest more like that. That's right. That's right. Can we talk for a moment about dealing with the other kids in the house that may not have special needs? You kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. Um, and what challenges can that present? Um, I'm thinking in terms like dealing with jealousy or resentment. Um, what are some things that we can do to ensure that the child feels seen and heard and, you know, doesn't feel like they're getting the short end of the stick from the parents? And that's true. And that's something that is just seen in, in the household because you do. Mm-hmm. But negative reinforcement is something that, I mean, you can get that behavior over and over again. So it's just like, again, that family unit is very important. But if you mm-hmm. do have those kids, give them the one-on-ones, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's that energy to the kids. Take them on dates for what they like to do. Yeah. You know, usually we do a family trip. Mom plans it most of the time and she picking everything and then you just put on an agenda, you know? Guilty. We're going here, we're doing this, and you better love it. That's right. <laughs> Use my kids for an example. I have one child that's introverted and one that's extroverted. Mm-hmm. You know, on trips and we just thinking it's the best thing in the world. And it's like, can I go back to the hotel room? I'm like, yes. that's a fight. That's a fight in my house. <laughs> I just spent all this money. We go in the Wally world and we're going to have fun. <laughs> yes. So even this, these are things that I do in my everyday life. So just like last weekend, my son, he's like a, a, a science. He loves it. So mm-hmm. then I tell so my son's school uh, actually hosted like a STEM day from nine to three. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. He had a time of his life. Oh. You know, that's for you. We enjoy this together. Yes. We'll turn the page for the next day and focus on. So just indiv- individualize and then know who and what we're dealing with. That's why I I can't be, I have to parent you with what you're giving me, you know, what I want to see, deal with what's in front of us, you know? That's right. Each child is different too, definitely, personality wise. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, how can we go about getting the entire family involved in caring for the child? So, and that's, that's, it's very, it's a multifaceted. Loaded question. 
<laughs> I, I, I always say take the labels off because when we do focus on, we always say caring for just that disability, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take that label off. We're focusing on, we're, we're focusing on that inability. Yeah, there's something that everybody is confined to in that home that just being in the home together, maybe it could be a movie night. We all have to eat. Yeah, that's something that everybody has to do. I always say, usually. Instead of taking a want, take a need and build upon that. We all have to eat. Mm-hmm. So now every day we want to be mindful about maybe sitting down and eat. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be dinner. It can be, uh, I always say with kids. Yeah. <laughs> right. They run to the table quicker for cookies and cakes than they would for maybe mom's pot roast. I don't right. know. Take those little moments and build upon it. Yeah. You know? That's good. That's good. So what, um, and I know that you deal with autism uh, specifically, but just in general, what are some of the signs that parents should be looking for that may indicate that their child may be dealing with some sort of condition that, you know, is a special need? Maybe like it's not obvious in the beginning. So what should they be looking for? Right. So you can get an autism diagnosis. Um, um, God willing, if you can get in, because now just getting a um, a referral, actually getting a consultation to get the diagnosis. Yeah. The last couple of years, this wait list has been years. So wow. I work in early intervention. So we're starting with kids as early as two years old. Hmm. Um, so they're just things, and I always say every child is different. But some of the more common things that you'll get with a child is um, being nonverbal. Um, they're lacking that eye contact. We always say stereotomy or stimming, you know, just that constant flapping and moving of the hands. Yeah. yeah. Um, light fascinations, like mm. um, maybe just streaming in that constant and staying like super focused on one area. I always say like super, super A-type. Right. Super A-type for the ones who are actually verbal. Um, taking longer to get potty trained. Mm. Um just a focus. And a lot of things with parents, um, a lot of their pedi- pediatricians are missing like little notes. I always mm-hmm. say the parents is the first one to diagnose yeah. and the, the first one to treat. So I'll go to my parents to get these indicators of like, at what point? Because you'll hear a million different stories. Like the first two years, nothing. Then that third year, those little flags start mm-hmm. popping up. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a pediatrician might have missed. Yeah, remember my. It may be even even a sibling. So it's just like be open and mindful of knowing your child. And if yeah. it is something that that red light comes on for you, make note of that. Don't just push it to the side. You know, yeah. I always say early intervention is the best intervention. Absolutely, and that comes with being um, being with your child and spending time with them. Definitely, yeah. and and having that relationship where you you can notice when things are are off. Um, so I, I talk a lot on this show about dealing with secondary PTSD and caregiver burnout, where you know a person that's caring for someone uh, with whatever type of condition they have, you know that they you can experience a trauma of your own. Basically, you know, um, especially in cases like this where you're literally on an emotional roller coaster, you know, you have those extreme highs and those extreme lows, and it can just be a lot on a person. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes, I've experienced burnout even in my field, and, yeah. and I can I have the option of coming in the home and walking out. Yeah. God, ones who just oh, it is a lot. Yeah. So this is something I haven't had to train myself upon of understanding of. You have to pour to yourself. We cannot pour from an empty vessel. Absolutely. And it shouldn't just be. This is something that needs to be done intentionally and daily. 
So mm-hmm. starting your day with prayer and meditation that works for you. Yeah. Um, working out, keeping a clear mindset, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. what you're signing up for is you're taking that weight and you're putting it on your back. Yeah. It is a lot. Caregiver burnout as far as just helpers, school teachers. It's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is a lot. Yes, yes. So um, I want to talk about dealing with the emotions of the parents, uh, because a lot of times we focus on the need of the child. And of course, that that's what's important. Absolutely. But as you said, we have to take the time to focus on ourselves. Um, I think a lot of parents may find this hard to do. Like they may think that it's something selfish um, or that, you know, they have to be strong for their child and family. And they just I don't have the time to think about me, you know, um, and you just have to p- put your feelings and your emotions aside because there is this big, bigger picture out here that, you know, that you have to deal with as a parent. Um, and how dare I be stressed or depressed and angry and feel guilty because my child is going through this, you know, but as you you just said what I was going to say that the saying goes, you can't pour from an empty bucket. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to talk about how can parents deal with the emotions that they're feeling and what can they do about them? Um, what do you find most parents struggle with? Most parents struggle with. And I'll say this over and over again. We'll seek therapy for our kids, but neglect ourselves. But there, yeah, seek help for what you what you're suppressing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy to go out and get a therapist for their child and oh, take a breath. Now, guess what? There's a second part of that. Now mm-hmm. you have to take care of you. Take care of you. If it has to be marriage counseling, if it has to be one on one therapy for yourself, get a mentor. Yeah, a wellness coach. Some. We have touch that, touch someone, you know, grab onto someone's hand because this is not an easy road. And I always say psychotherapy and ABA therapy is two different therapies, you know, (laughs) they'll get comfortable. I was like, whoa, that's for me. I'm mental, you know, to do going into a household and it's like you find yourself running in circles, but ain't my ministry. Listen. Let me point you in the direction of somebody that can help. <laughs> yes, I love it for you. But yes. I would, every day, you know, yeah, go seek that help for whatever you're dealing with as well. You absolutely, know? absolutely. Now, I would imagine that a lot of parents would be dealing at some point with guilt. You know, mm-hmm. thinking, "What did I do wrong? What did I do? You know, what did I miss?" Um, I even heard a lady talking the other day about how she was getting this guilt from the outside. People were asking them, and especially them family members, <laughs> telling you what you did wrong and, you know, yeah. things like that. Because everybody, especially family, you know, they got something to say about your parenting. <laughs> so how can parents overcome those feelings of guilt and remorse and shame and, you know, the why me's and why my child? Yeah. Again, like I said, take that that's where the spiritual comes in at, mm-hmm. right? Because if we look for the world to get that affirmation, it's going to be a depressed day every day. God yeah. does not make mistakes, you know? And for whatever reason, it could be a million reasons. Mm-hmm. Focus on what we're dealing with. You're going to get those naysayers. And I always tell them that guilt, you're actually dealing with neglect. Wow. Okay, park right there for a minute. Tell me about that. You said with guilt, you're actually dealing with neglect. Tell us about that. Because now you're internalizing a yeah. situation you have no control over. You're being, you're feeling 
is actually being neglected by the people who you supposed to love and support you. Yeah. We can't put something that you have no control over, you know, put that on our backs. A lot of, and a lot of parents carry that. Like, why me? Uh, no, we can't think like that. Change yeah. that thing. Change that trajectory of what we're, what, what, what we're actually dealing with. Mm-hmm. Listening to places that we're going, you know, because we can't change the minds of the people around us. That, I mean, we just, nobody can do that. That's you know? right. <laughs> Even right. that person can't do that. So yeah. it's just understand, again, putting yourself first. Put yourself first. Put yourself yeah. first. You have to put yourself first. The leader is not at the back of the line, at the front. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That is good. That is it. I never thought about that. You're dealing with neglect. That's absolutely true. I see that. See, I'm learning already. <laughs> now, um, um, I would also include, um, you know, definitely a, a lot of times we can self-sabotage by the way that we talk to ourselves mm-hmm. um, in situations. And we have to be mindful, you know, about the things that we speak and the things we say about our situations and, and our loved ones that are involved. So, yes, I just wanted to add that in there <laughs> as well, too. So um, I definitely believe in mind, body and soul connection. Um, it's all about balance and maybe not necessarily balance, but definitely all of them working in harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that when one of them is off, that it throws the rest of them off, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to tend to each one individually because they're all important. Yes. Um and so that goes back to the why me question. You know, I know that a lot of parents um, and people in tough situations like this that may be dealing with uh, a crisis, they're actually dealing with a crisis of faith. Like you said, um, it could be that their prayers, you know, they feel their prayers have gone unanswered. Uh, they might be mad at God. They may feel like God has turned his back on them and that he doesn't care, you know, or maybe they just simply don't believe or they don't believe anymore. What would you say to the parent that? That has lost their faith. Find it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> find it. Just straight up find it. Because one thing I always point out coming into a household is, you know, and you don't even have to answer this out loud. It's like, what are you dealing with? Keep it to yourself. What are your husband dealing with? What is your neurotypical child? We're all dealing with something because we're human. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like the focus of this child. It's, it seems bigger to the family because we be focused on that, right. you know? Right. It's like what you put your energy on, what you put your energy on is going to compound. The yeah. Keep looking at something. Keep thinking about something over and over in your mind. Guess what is that psychoanalysis going to do? Mm, you magnify it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yep. Now, one big thing that I am learning on my personal journey is that depression takes many forms, <laughs> you know, and it's not always about wanting to hurt yourself or to harm yourself. It really can be just, you know, sinking into that dark abyss, like uh, what's that movie, The Sunken Place, yes. you know, and and for me, um, depression took on the form of isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be in social settings, but I found myself getting really comfortable with being alone and not in a, in a healthy way. You know, on the weekends, I would always turn down invitations to do things. And I just would rather sit on my couch and cry all day. <laughs> you right. know, I, I wasn't being social. I wasn't being productive. Um, I wasn't taking care of myself. And literally I was just sitting there just doing nothing. And, you know, although I was able to find my way out of it, I still find that at times I have to be careful because I can go right back into it. 
Um, so what are some of the signs that parents should look out for in themselves that might show that they may be dealing with some type of uh, depression and what should they do about it once they recognize it? It's that in, I always said before, it's our, um, it's mentalistic first. Mm. Like you said, it's a different forms. It may not be an actual something tangible or visible that you can see, but always mm. start mentalistic first inside of us first. Like you said, it can be either I'm not feeling good today, today turns to tomorrow, tomorrow turns to the next day. It's, it's hard mm. to get out of bed, ir- irritable to everything. Yeah. But there's also another side of that. It's a lot of people who are over poor and to everyone else. That's a sign of depression as well. Wow. That would be me too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the whole session here today. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, don't get it twisted. The ones who's everywhere doing stuff for everybody. Yeah. Love for you. That could turn into night as well. There's so many facts, what that looks like for different people. You know? So I would say it starts internal first. And I would say there's seasons. Two seasons. It's always a season for harvesting mm-hmm. and it's a season for reaping. But a lot of times society has made us think that that time for harvesting, you know, yeah. we see nobody ever seen somebody out there actually planting that flower, planting mm-hmm. that seed. They just notice that tree, that growth after that. But if that season was necessary first, yeah. it requires a little bit of seclusion, right. you know, but it's just being mindful, you know, yeah. what am I doing in this season? You yeah. find a purpose, even in that quiet space, those thoughts become actions. Yeah. Do it for myself. Last year, I did it for an entire year. Mm. And I knew it. Like I had to tell my husband, I was like, this year, I'm shutting off. I have to shut off everybody. And that's mm. one of the hardest things that I had to actually make a commitment to uh, commit, recommit every day. Right. I can't go here. Yeah. I can't answer this phone call. You mm. know, I can't be everything for everyone else. And then internally, I'm telling myself, it's depression, mm. but I had to click on and understand it was necessary. Yeah. Now we're seeing the harvest, you know? Yes. Everybody's yes. looking at the harvest and clapping and I'm looking back, you know, at those, those days, those down and out days. And it was like, it was necessary. Yeah. Find that purpose. Absolutely. You know, seasons of what comes with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about the importance of community. We touched on that earlier. Tell us about the importance of community and having the right people around you and the uh, building the right support system. Oh, that's everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I always say we military. So one thing I learned in the military is your family does not have to be blood related. <laughs> or that's can. right. No, Absolutely. Stranger. We've moved, we moved to um, the area that we're in now. And when we first moved here, it was just myself and my husband. Mm-hmm. Since then, one, two, three, five or six military, our family is here now. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> just a phone call. What, where you guys actually put roots at? Bought a house. Next one, bought a house. You know, I love yeah. that. Outside of our family, we have big a big family anyway. So it's mm-hmm. like the married. But your community. And it does not have to always say it. certain people cert- play certain positions in your life. Mm-hmm. You know? A reason or for a season. The reason <laughs> for somebody has to be there. I always say, especially we'll go back to having a child with special needs. You know, talk mm-hmm. to other parents. Don't mm-hmm. just hold that in. It's easy to, to talk and have somebody relate to you who's yeah. actually went through what you went through. A therapist right. can say that if you never dealt with that. I can't really, I can sympathize, but I can't empathize with you. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that, you know? 
So it's kind of t- touch, reach out and touch somebody. Yes. <laughs> it's all about a place, you know? Yeah. But it is, I always tell them, find somebody who you can actually take a little walk with, take a little stroll with. Yes. You don't have to be best friend or buddy, but somebody that you can just pick up the phone, talk to, maybe go get coffee, even pair your kids for play dates. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So going back to that mind, uh, body and soul conversation, um, can you tell us a little bit about the importance of taking care of yourself physically, like sleep and nutrition and exercise, you know, things like that and how that connects to your overall health and well-being? That's everything. Yeah. You know, especially sleep. We yes. under people have we're in a hustle mentality. Work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. OK that in real life and see where you're going to end up at you know <laughs> right <laughs> you got to find out real quick you know you have to give there's time to work and there's time to rest the mm-hmm. sun comes up but it also goes down you know give your time body to recharge stop beating yourself down stop beating yourself down that same mm-hmm. energy you put as for to as if that goes as for working out eating and clean if you can mm-hmm. drinking water go on go see a doctor that part you know, and following up on their recommendations when they give it, we can be hard hit sometimes. I know my body, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we understand. Right. But this is not optional. Self care is necessary, especially to fill all the shoes and roles that we play on a daily on a daily basis. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So be intentional about your health care, your mental health. Mm-hmm. Don't diminish. Another thing, you'll get a lot of people that are they'll work out, work out, work out. Mm-hmm. Put that same energy into your mental health. It's still health. Right. It's still health. Exactly. The health is just not surmised to just the body. Yeah. Like, oh, I look good. But how do you feel? Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? And when mm-hmm. I say what you're seeing, it's not your vision. It's like, what do you see this world as? I can have on. Mm-hmm. What do you see this world as? That'll let me know how your mental, the shape, you know? Wow. This is so good. I'm enjoying myself. I just want you to know that <laughs> this is good. Um, so I know that, you know, a part of this process, as with many other processes, is dealing with fear, um, you know, fear of the unknown, what's going to happen, fear of failure, fear of loss, fear of pain and fear of letting go. That's just a few, you know, uh, what are some of the things that parents can do to try to overcome their fears about the situations that they encounter in dealing with um, parenting? Remind yourself. When we birth our kids, they don't, a, a book, a know-it-all book does not pop out after that percent, right? <laughs> that book is not already written. We're scripting that page one day at a time. Give yourself grace. Yeah. You know, because we have to understand too, we may be raising a child at a certain age. I'm raising a three-year-old, but guess what? I'm, I've never seen this, this three-year-old in this stage of their life, but I have never seen myself at my age in this yeah. stage of their life. Learn from each other, pull, especially from our kids. Our kids can teach us a lot of things about ourselves. I love that. <laughs> Learn from each other. Learn from your kids. Oh my yeah. God, the lessons that you get. Humble <laughs> well, you real quick, right? Yes. Like, I no, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely. No. You know, so I would say that fear. Yeah. It's a lot to be scared of, but there's a lot to be excited about as well. Yeah. Shift that focus. Enjoy the ride because guess what? You blink your eyes and that three-year-old that turned into an 18 and 19-year-old real quick. Real quick. <laughs> and they say day-to-day. I stress that every day. Yeah. Today is what counts. Today. Pour all into today. Tomorrow, we're about to sell. 
Yes, that yep. is absolutely. Oh, that's so good. So um, I definitely when I think about fear, um, I definitely think that planning in advance, you know, that would kind of help to alleviate some fear, you know, having a game plan um, for the things and the situations that may come up. You know, in the military, we call this having a contingency plan. Right. <laughs> so. So once a family has a diagnosis, what are the first steps that need to be taken and what what should we be preparing for? You can't. Oh. <laughs> ah. So we, we uh, we'll call like um, um, a preference assessment, right? Mm-hmm. It's a preference mm-hmm. because that may not be what we choose. So preference assessment is we'll come into a home and we'll just watch first, yeah. you know, because we're actually that child is writing. Um, that treatment yeah what they like what they don't like what they may be interested in you know what's aversive to them mm-hmm. you have to watch first yeah like you take what they're giving you first take what they're giving i can't maybe i think they'll like and then give it to them yeah it don't work like that you know since i've said start with today whatever whatever ingredients we have in the cabinet today let's cook right. <laughs> come on let's find out what we'll make some gumbo with it whatever there ingredients. you go yeah we can plan, but gotcha. you know, right, right. I got you. That's good. That's good. Some things you can, and 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 that comes that brings in the learning as you go, um, as, as you go. said. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. All it is learning as you go because yeah. yesterday what might have been reinforcing, you know, yesterday, mm, today not so much. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You know? So how can parents find peace and joy in parenting through these hard times? If you're married, yeah. your best friend, your support system, yeah. lean. When I say lean, I mean a hard lean, you yes. know, if your, your happiness, it starts with within happiness period starts with us first. Right. So invest in yourself first. And I always say, so small, if you have to be intentional about just, taking 30 minutes of a hot bath and locking that door every night, putting yeah. on some meditation music, whatever yeah. it is, find that happiness within yourself first. Yeah. You know? Because we can't see in somebody else what we don't have in ourselves first. Absolutely. Absolutely. So always say, start with that foundation first, which is you. If you're going to be that strength and your husband, lean upon each other, invest yeah. in that relationship, that unit, yeah. you know, and move as a unit. There you go. What um what resources are available for children with special needs and how can parents find out what's available to them? So the first place I always tell people because it's so um it's so many different insurances, but I would say start with your insurance first. They all have a list, even if you and I would say most consultations all usually um consultations through uh ABA services, you can either call, but they mm-hmm. usually refer require a um diagnosis from um psychologist first yeah um but you can always just call your insurance and then they'll uh, email you a list of depending on what your insurance is if it's the hmo or ppo of yeah. um what type of clinicians or service providers in your area yeah. and start with there um your social your local social services reach out to them right. their services a lot of people i don't know for what reason they're not even the first place they think about but they have all of the uh, state funded services on hand, yeah. uh, federal um, community, mm-hmm. some churches, you know, depending on if they um, cater, but it depends. Yeah. But reach out. To, reach out. Yeah. Google search Facebook. Facebook is actually one of my favorite places. Wow. 
because reach one, teach one. You ask one question on a, a Facebook mom group, and then you're going to get different aspects from around. Yes. You know? And that's, that goes back to that community, uh, people who have been through what you've been through and can tell you what worked for them. Yep, definitely. Even my parents. My parents have put me on to um, a lot of clinicians and then like advisors and psychs and just different types of specialty care, like occupational and speech yeah. and, and, and clinicians outside of the United States. Yeah. You know, just getting different points of views and see what works for you. So it's just like, I always say that telephone and that internet. Hmm. <laughs> you got the world right here. The world is right here. Right there. That's right. That's right. Well, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier um, about you know how we learn from our children. Um, what blessings do you find, or what blessings can parents find in um, what they learn from? caring for a child with special needs. So where's what what blessings have come out of that? So I always say kids will humble you really quick, yeah. right? But they'll also point at your strengths. Mm. You know? The things that I just look back on my son 18, like 18 years. My other son, he's 11. And just maybe the day before yesterday, my son had to go get a, a radio put in a car that he's driving. Yeah. So he FaceTimed me and he put the manager of the shop on the phone and um, he said, ma'am, you, you've raised a, um, um, a very respectful young man. You know? <laughs> I hope you know that. And my son just smiling in the background. And I was like, that's the one you have to affirm. You know, certain kids require certain yes. things and everything I was like I know <laughs> oh that's beautiful that's just what he requires but just getting that affirmation outside yeah. of that you know yeah. that foundation kids kids gonna conform to you differently in your household you know yeah, very you true know? I always say what the, what happens outside in the natural environment for me that's that round of applause for me of like absolutely he heard everything we were saying even though he acted like he did it yes you know? so just have it Yes. The habit to come back to you that, <laughs> man, I did that. I did something good. <laughs> Have those conversations and wait for that answer. I yeah. was like, you know, about just being mindful of the company that you keep at this age, right. going to places like this. This is a different time for these kids. Mm-hmm. Social media is another thing. It follows you forever. Be mindful of that. Yeah. Watching really how they now, their behaviors tell a story. Right. You know, that's true. That's true. So um, what would you say to the parent that is overwhelmed and they find themselves struggling in caring for their child? Mm -hmm. Find what they need. Mm -hmm. Find what you need. Mm -hmm. If you don't know, look for it. Yeah. No, ask. We have to be open to it as well. Yeah. Because I've come in a lot of situations where parents, number one, it's hard to ask. I get it. But then once, you know, sometimes you'll have that other spouse. And that's usually how it would go. You'll have that one spouse, usually the mom, who's there on boots on ground, like I say. Mm-hmm. You know, at a work outside the home, he'll come home, but he's only getting that interaction from six to bedtime. Right. Now, he's out again. I get that. Right. So just like understand what you need. You have to be whole. Yeah. From the top of your head to the bottom of you, you have to be whole. Invest in yourself. Yeah. Always tell them, what did you do before you had kids? <laughs> yeah. What did you do? Who were you? That's why I said, who, who are you? Who are you? Not what you do. They can't yeah. come and tell me 
what they did for a living. No, that's what you do for them. That's your job. That's I tell my kids, I was so cool before I had y'all. Yeah. I just want y'all to know how cool I was. <laughs> I used to have it going on, buddy. Yes, like, come on. You think you just got that out of nowhere? That's right. <laughs> well, you know what, Tessa? I thank you so much, you know, for coming on the show. Definitely. This was, I learned, I felt like I did a session <laughs> <laughs> I I really learned some good things. Now I'm I'm not uh, um I'm not dealing with a special needs child, um, but I think it's universal. The things that we talked about today, they're definitely universal. Um, so I know that this blessed a whole lot of people. Um, did we miss anything? Is there anything left that you want to say? No, I think we got to the meat and potatoes of it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to invite you to come back anytime you want, definitely. Um, if you want to contact Tessa, we will put her information in the show notes um, so you can find out more about uh, what she's doing. If you have any questions or anything, definitely um, we'll put her information in the show notes. Well, Miss Tessa, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. I always mm-hmm. love talking about us first, poor, 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 poor. Yes. And I can tell that. I can tell that definitely um, in, in our, our talk today. Well, you guys, as I said before, this is going to be the last episode of the season. I know, I know. Don't worry, though. We will be back in January with some new episodes. Um, but the fun doesn't stop here. So be sure to check us out on social media and the website and the links to all of that are in the show notes. All right. And go back to listen to some of those episodes, those past episodes. All right. I want to hear from you guys. What do you want to talk about? I want to hear your stories, your questions, whatever it is you want to talk about on the show. Okay. So between now and then I'll be getting my Oprah on. Okay. And I'm going to share with you some of my favorite things over the holiday seasons. So we'll go back and we'll take a look at some of my favorite episodes that we did this past season. All right. And I'll give you a sneak peek of what to come in the new year. All right, you guys, that is my time for now. But until we meet again, I want you to be encouraged, be empowered and be blessed. Peace, y'all.